In this week's episode, I will answer a question posed to me over on Instagram. We'll compare Mercari versus Etsy for vintage book sales, and we'll look at some pretty interesting sales from the last week. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CDs, Rocks, and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. For those of you who might be here for the first time, my name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller working out of my home here in the greater Cincinnati area, and this channel is all about the flip life. Like I said, in today's episode, uh, I posted a picture over on Instagram, um, which I will share with you here in a moment, and it got a lot of uh, feedback and a couple of questions, and I'm going to answer one of those questions in particular in some depth in this episode. Uh, we will also talk a little bit about my ongoing experience over on Etsy and how it is comparing particularly to Mercari for me as a kind of a vintage bookseller and what I think about what's going on. And then we'll take a look at uh, some sales from the last week. So uh, let's jump in with... this follower uh, question. So I, I posted this picture over on my Instagram account uh, on Monday. As I mentioned in last week's episode, I'm in the process of buying this humongous lot of books. And as it turns out, it is going to be well north of 10,000 books. I asked her when I was over there Monday, picking up another almost 1,400 about what she thought she had left, and she said she's got about twice as much there as what I've already picked up, which I'll put it well north <laughs> of 10,000. This picture that you're seeing on screen right now, if you're watching on YouTube, is less than a third of what the total will be, and it's not all of what I've picked up because I've already listed, gosh, probably 300 or so of these items of the whatever I've picked up so far, close to 3,000. So this is this represents a pretty small chunk of it, probably 80%. I guess that's not really pretty small. <laughs> uh, but relative to 10,000 books, it's, it's not certainly the full thing. So the question that came up was from uh, Jenny's Hope Chest. How do you manage that many? And she added, it's incredible how much value certain ones have. And we'll get into that uh, a little bit later in the episode. But I wanted to talk a little bit about how how I'm going to manage that process. And I'll, I guess I'll start by saying that a lot of it, I think, is a mindset thing, how you kind of go into something like that. You could look at that and say, oh my God, I'm never going to get this done. It's just absolutely overwhelming. It's the the death pile to end all death piles, <laughs> uh, as it were. It is just a massive, massive amount of inventory to have to work through. And you could look at that in a in a kind of negative way and get overwhelmed by it and intimidated by it and find yourself probably almost paralyzed. Or you could choose to take a look at it from the advantages that it brings you. So my normal process in any given week, I will generally list somewhere between 130 and 160 items on eBay. 
Most of those I will then cross post. Almost all of them generally go to Mercari. And now a limited number of them are also getting cross listed to Etsy. So based on what I've seen from these books so far, for me to get 150 good listings out of them, I'm going to have to go through probably about 200 items. Um, Roughly about three quarters of them so far are ones I'm going to want to list. That last 25% we'll deal with here in a little bit. But 200 a week that I will go through means that this lot that I'm buying is essentially going to give me a year's worth of inventory. Again, you could look at that and say, man, that it's going to, it's going to take me a whole year to list all that stuff. That is just crazy. The upside is I don't really have to worry now for probably better than a year about sourcing. We all run into that dry spell where we just don't find anything that we want want to mess with. I don't have to worry about that now because I have got plenty of stuff to draw on to work on my weekly listings. It gives me a lot of flexibility. If I want to skip a week of sourcing, like I did last week, I just wasn't in the mood. I didn't go out. I spent that day where I normally would have been sourcing and I did another 30 listings that day from this lot. So it allows me the flexibility of making changes to how I want to organize my week. And it's going to allow me to be even more selective than I have been previously about the things that I buy. There have been occasions where I have bought estates worth of books, knowing that half or more of them probably were not going to be worth listing. And now I'm not in a position where I have to do that because I have so much workable inventory. And this stuff has been really pretty remarkable uh, stuff dating clear back into the late 1700s and early 1800s. Uh, there is some later 1980s, 1990s type stuff that's not quite as strong, but by and large, this has been so far just an absolutely fantastic lot as I go through these boxes. So hopefully she's not just cherry picking out the best stuff for me (laughs) uh, to get me started. And then the last, you know, 100 boxes will just be absolute junk. But so far, it's been really, really good. So the that talks about kind of the mindset, but what's the logistical process that I would go through to actually do that much inventory and do my 30 odd listings a day. Now, most of you know, I've talked about it on this show previously. I'm a big believer in my little (laughs) planner books. I don't know if you can see that on YouTube, but I use this planning book, uh, shameless plug. I have these available with a lot of different options on Amazon. There's a link in the show notes in the description below. They're like eight or ten dollars, something like that. Um, I find it really, really useful to help keep me on track. So the the old saying is, um, "How do you eat an elephant?" And the response is, "You do it one bite at a time." And that's kind of the mindset that I'm approaching this project with. I have my goal of whatever 150 listings a week, 30 a day during kind of the Monday through Friday thing, and allowing myself a little wiggle room. I usually do a couple listings on Saturday and Sunday as well, just to keep eBay's algorithm happy. But by and large, that's my number. And I'm doing 25 to 30 a day on my planning calendar. And that's how I'm going to approach that. And I'm not going to allow myself to feel like I've got to do more than that because I've got 10,000 items to work on. I'm going to tackle it one bite at a time, 
one box at a time. I also addressed, if you follow that thread over on Instagram, that I'm not doing, I think when I did my big CD lot, what I did with that was I kind of pre-sorted that. I sat out in my garage and I scanned the items and said, this one I want to list, this one I don't, and so on. That was a fairly quick process because most of that merchandise was scannable. So I was able to do a box of 100 or 150 CDs in a relatively short amount of time. These books, however, are by and large not scannable because almost all of them predate barcodes. Obviously, going back into the 17 and 1800s, <laughs> uh, the idea of a barcode was not even a thing, let alone. So you have to manually look all of these up. Additionally, a lot of this stuff, there aren't even any on eBay currently. So you've got to either go into Terapeak or go on to other sites like Amazon or just do a Google shopping search and look at some of the other independent book resellers that are out there to find comps on these. So the idea of trying to do a pre-sort really just isn't going to work for this. So essentially what I'm doing is I'm lugging 10 or 12 boxes from my storage unit here to the bat cave, and then I'm literally working through them one box at a time, and I'll pull the item out, and I'll do a search on eBay. Is it there? Are there current listings? What are they listed for? What are the solds? Kind of the typical process that you would do when you're researching any product, but obviously without the convenience of being able to scan it and get a quick result. If I need to do the further research and get on to Amazon or biblio.com or one of those and try to find some comps, that's what I'll do. And then I essentially will either list it at that time. I'd sit here just next to me at my photo booth and I'll do that research. I will either list that item because I'm buying these things for essentially five cents a piece. If I can sell this thing, whatever the book happens to be for $4.99 or more plus shipping, I'm going to throw that thing on eBay and Mercari and just see what it does. I've got Again, as I've talked about previously, because I'm a premium store subscriber, I've got 50,000 media listings. So this, even this purchase is not going to be 20% of that total. So I've got plenty of free listings to work with at a nickel a piece, $4.99. A lot of people probably wouldn't mess with that. But for me, the math makes sense to try to do that and throw it in a box and store it and see what happens. So that's kind of what I'm doing. If it doesn't, meet those criteria, which is about 25% of them, then I'm making a decision. It's either going to my antique booth where I'll try to sell it for a buck or a buck 99, or it's just going in a discard pile where I'll just write them out of inventory and be done with it. So the other thing that's allowed me to do is previously I was a lot more selective about keeping items and trying to build lots and you know, trying to maximize my use of my inventory. This time around, if I can't list it and it doesn't look like something I'd want in my antique booth, it's just going away. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to try to build lots or, I mean, if I run into a big box, that's all like science fiction or something like that. Maybe I would do that, but this is pretty scattershot and uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go through all that. It's either going to go to the antique booth, go online or go uh, to the bins as it were. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I'm working through that process. If, um, if you have any other suggestions or things that you might do differently, feel free to leave that in the comments. If you found that 
at all useful, do me a favor if you're watching on YouTube and whack that thumbs up button. If you're not currently a follower of the podcast or a subscriber to the YouTube channel, uh, I appear to be back <laughs> to making pretty regular content here. Uh, this is my, I think, fourth week in a row now with the show. So uh, again, I'm not promising I will be here every week, but so far there's been enough to talk about to justify coming on every week. So uh, I said I was going to talk a little bit about the the comparison of vintage books. If you're a vintage bookseller and you're not on Etsy, uh, you probably should be. My only current complaint with Etsy is really more about myself personally. It's why did I wait so long to go list on Etsy? So uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I just pulled up on the screen. This is since June 1st. So my Mercari sales, this is total. This is all categories. Now, obviously, mostly what I sell is books, but there are a few other odds and ends here on Mercari. On Etsy, it's almost all books. It's all media. There's nothing really else over there. There's a few CDs, a couple of records, but I mean, it is literally all books. I think I'm up to about 345 listings as of this recording versus Mercari, where I'm well over 6,000 listings. And since June 1st, my Mercari sales are $244, and my Etsy sales are up to $789.24. So rapidly approaching quadruple what I'm doing uh, over on Mercari. It's certainly three times and more. So again, I'm super happy with how things have gone so far over on Etsy. Um I'm being a little more selective, like I've talked about, about what I'm putting on that site. So it won't ever probably be 6,000 listings, but it's most likely going to be well north of 1,000 by the time all is said and done. And my average selling price over there is, man, it's close to $30 right now. It has been super, super strong, which you will see when we get into this What Sold segment. How smooth was that segue? <laughs> uh, so we've got, I, I don't know what I've got here. I think maybe 11 items for today. So not a real huge one. Uh, but this first item, this actually sold on eBay. This was Basketball for Everyone by Claire B. It was an ace book illustrated paperback from 1962. This went for $19.99 plus customer paid shipping. I I got to be completely honest, I don't remember where I got this book. I assume it was probably part of a big lot, but I have had it for quite some time. But $19.99 for a paperback book is not too hateful. I think I sold one of these before, maybe a couple of years ago, and I had one left. This finally sold uh, also on eBay. It was a CD from, I believe it's an Australian band called The Anyas, called Get Shitfaced with the Anyas. This was new and sealed from 1996. I've had it since I purchased that big lot of CDs, what is now almost two years ago. I had it listed for $34.99. It's currently running in my 40% off clearance sale, trying to get rid of some of the old dead inventory, and it sold for $20.99 with free shipping. Uh, as my good friend Rebel Junk will remember and appreciate, I own these for about 3.8 cents a piece. <laughs> uh, here's the first Etsy order of the week. Um, I picked this up at an estate sale for a dollar. 
the Quick Scan Holy Bible Complete Authorized uh, King James Version from 1988. It was produced by a company called Microbooks. Um, it, as you looked at it, at the pages, they kind of looked like word clouds almost because certain words were in like a jumbo type. And then the less important words were in just kind of regular font. So you could really quickly scan a page and supposedly get the high points of whatever the the story was that you were reading in the Bible. So it was a really interesting item just in kind of a faux leather cover, nothing particularly fancy, but it was a fairly unusual piece. This went for $24.99 plus customer paid shipping. Another sale on Etsy um, and another religious book, uh, Nature, Knowledge, and God, An Introduction to Thomistic Philosophy. This was a hardcover book from 1947. It was written by a guy named Brother Benigus, Benignus. Uh, had not heard of him previously, but this was, a, again, a fairly unusual book. There were not a lot of these out there. This went very quickly on Etsy for $29.99 plus shipping. I own this. This was part of... The first of this 10,000 book haul, this was one of the books that was in that batch, that very first batch of 23 boxes that I bought. So I own it for about five cents. A DVD, a Blu-ray, actually, the second season of Continuum. It was a three-disc set from 2014. I picked this up for two bucks at a Friends of the Library sale back, gosh, probably the end of April, the first part of May. Um... Apparently, no resellers had gone through there because there were tons of seasons, Blu-ray, two bucks a piece, and there were there were probably 50 or 60 of them that I picked up. The problem with them is, of course, they don't have any of the booklets or any of the artwork, and the cover art has been modified for the library. So for a real pure collector that's wanting like the premium look of an item, this probably isn't going to work. But for somebody who is just looking for a particular season of something that might be out of print currently, they end up being pretty good deals. Uh, like I said, this was two bucks. It sold for forty-two forty-nine on a best offer uh, plus customer paid shipping. Uh, another piece of electronics. This is one that I've had for a while. It was in my forty percent off sale. This was a Panasonic. PVD4733S. It's a four-head hi-fi stereo VHS, VCR, and DVD. I included the remote and the manual. I know a lot of people break all that stuff up and sell those individually. I've seen cases where the remotes are worth more than the units themselves. I tend to, if I get everything, I hope to generate a little bit quicker sale by having all of that stuff together and selling kind of a complete unit. In this case, that did not work out. I had it listed for $79.99 plus shipping, and it sat here for over a year because everything in my current clearance sale is a year old or older, uh, and it went for 40% off. Still went for $47.99. I think I owned it for like $15. Bucks. I made three times my money. Not a great flip, um, but it ended up being positive cash flow, and I got out of it, and it cleared up quite a bit of shelf space. <laughs> Here was a nice uh, set of books. This sold on eBay. These were hardcovers. It was a set of five volumes called A History of Private Life by Philippe Aries and Georgia Duby. 
I picked these up at an estate sale. The guy was selling the books to me for 50 cents a piece. So I've got $2.50 in this five hardcover with dust jacket set. They sold on a 15% offer that I sent out at $55.24 plus customer paid shipping. Five hardbacks, as you can imagine, are not super cheap to ship. It was $13.27, even at media rate to ship those bad boys out. So all in, this was about a $68, $69 sale for the customer. Really nice set. If you're interested in that sort of thing, I have another set exactly like it, except they are trade paperbacks. This is an interesting item. I, again, was at that Friends of the Library sale, and they were charging a dollar a piece for hardcover books. And I stumbled on this set of four, the Dewey Decimal Classification and Relative Volume Set, edition number 21 from 1996. I just, it was unusual enough. I didn't even look it up. I just grabbed it. <laughs> I figured for, for $4, how could I go wrong? This sold on Etsy for $59.99 plus customer paid shipping. Um, it was in fantastic condition for a book that's, uh, yeah, whatever, 15, 20, yeah, 20 plus years old. Um, really nice set. $59.99 plus shipping from $4. I love the Friends of the Library sale. I probably won't be going to one for a while. <laughs> uh, I was supposed to go to one actually uh, two weekends ago and I bailed because I knew I was making this deal. Uh, on these 10,000 books, but the Friends of the Library sale, if you're a bookseller, I'm sure you already know about it. If you're not, they are great opportunities to pick up uh, really unusual books and DVDs. Here is an item that um, I talked about again over on Instagram, uh, not this item specifically, but I posted that picture that I showed you earlier about the big haul and the first book that I listed from yesterday's pickup, because I brought some of those home with me, is this Korea in Transition by James Gale. It was published in 1909. It's an uh, illustrated book from the Young People's Missionary something. It was a history of kind of Christianity in Korea. Really unusual item. There were none of these listed uh, on eBay. The last one that sold was a paperback that went for, I think, $45. So I threw this thing up there for $64.99 plus customer paid shipping. Someone from Korea actually ordered this on Etsy through Etsy's equivalent of the global shipping program, whatever they call theirs, the standard international shipping. Uh, they paid, I don't know what they paid. <laughs> uh, I got credit for $27.41 for shipping, which is what I paid then back to Etsy for their international shipping. But again, this is a book from yesterday's big lot. As I talked about previously, I'm, the, the deal on those books is 23 boxes of books for 20 bucks. So yesterday I picked up three lots of 23. So I picked up 69 boxes of books and I spent 60 bucks total for what amounted to a little over 1,400 books when I was done counting them. The literally, the very first book I listed sold for $64.99, and essentially after fees, still basically paid for the entire day's pickup, which is just mind-blowing. <laughs> very, very pleased, obviously, with that. My flip of the week, you can't see it, so I'll just talk about it. I picked it up at an estate sale. It was the last day of the sale. It was a three-book set of the Webster's Unabridged Dictionary 
three-volume set from the early 1900s. I paid a dollar a piece for them. The woman was thrilled to get rid of them. She says, I'm so glad somebody's taking these. I thought nobody would ever buy them. I didn't know what I was going to do with them. I went ahead and bought them. Like I said, they were dollar a piece, three-volume set. It sold also on Etsy for $99.99 plus media mail shipping, which was like $17 because they were just gigantic books. Uh, The weight of that set was pretty stout. So that was a really, really nice sale to kind of kick off my weekend between these last two episodes Uh, from three bucks to $99.99. Man, I will take that all the time. So that is about all I've got for this week's episode. Uh, There's no real reselling news that I saw. I wasn't As I've talked about previously, I'm not spending a lot of time digging for that kind of stuff. If something pops up that I think I need to see, I will go and uh, share that with you. But this week, I really didn't see anything. So that's going to be your episode for the week. Again, if this is the kind of content that you like and you got something out of this show, if you're watching on YouTube, please do me a favor and whack that thumbs up button. Otherwise, I hope you have a great week and we will catch you next time.